This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today I've got a special guest on the podcast, and his name is Trent Talbot. So Trent is the CEO of Brave Books. He's also an entrepreneur and a medical doctor. According to his bio, he has a deep love for America and the values it was built upon, and he is passionate about reminding Americans of the beauty and responsibility of freedom, and he's doing that with Brave Books. So Brave Books is a publisher that is dedicated to bringing real American values that endure, and he wants to equip parents to have intentional and enjoyable conversations with their kids about topics that actually matter. Okay, so Brave Books has created its own universe where these stories take place and they basically at this point they're you know t- partnering with prominent conservative guests like writers uh, to, to write the books with them so uh, U.S. Representative Dan Crenshaw the Hodge twins Dana Lash some of these people they're kind of teaming up with them to help write the books and these books tackle themes uh, that are enormous and guys I've got this little treasure chest right here if you're not watching this on YouTube you should be because this was a treasure chest of books that they sent me but these books get into things like the sanctity of human life right? So like euthanasia, abortion, the right to bear arms, the dangers of communism, gender identity, cancel culture, critical race theory, and there are other topics as well. But they do it in a way that's appropriate for children. And and I've read through all the books in this saga, and we get into why they do sagas and not standalone books. And I'm like, man, these books are great. These books would even be great for adults to like explain things to people as to why they feel the way that they do, especially if they're on, you know, right of center, conservative side of things. But I think this is going to be a great resource for any of you guys that have children that you're wanting to talk about these big subjects with them. Maybe they're five or six years old. And it's just, how do you talk about critical race theory with a six-year-old, right? You know, how do you talk about critical theory and Karl Marx and all these things whenever I'm talking to guys that are in their 30s and have no idea how to wrap their minds around these things? So I think this company is doing an amazing, amazing job of doing that. So I'm so glad that we have Trent on today's show to talk through that with us. So without further ado, guys, let's get into it. Trent Talbot, welcome to Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Thank you so much, Kyle. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you here. And I just got to tell you, you're a little bit of a unique bird because you're a medical doctor, you're an entrepreneur. And you own a children's book company. So how the heck does all that happen in one person? Um, man, I don't know. Life's been crazy. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have anticipated this was going to happen um, when I decided to go to med school. But, you know, God, God's sovereign and, and um, yeah, has had me on a unique ride. And it's been a lot of fun. Well, I, I got to say, it's I don't normally talk to people that have that kind of stuff on their resume, but it kind of comes from a lot of your your background, your upbringing, but also just your overall way of viewing the world. Because according to your bio, I read this, you have a deep love for America and the values that it was built upon, and you're passionate about reminding Americans of the beauty and responsibility of freedom. And I think it's interesting that you use the word reminding, because we're assuming that these things are here, but I think in our modern context, we've kind of lost sight of that. So why do you think that's such a, a center point for your life? Well, just, I don't really know how it got there, but, but I've just been incredibly, um, 
gracious or I've, I've had, yeah, I, I've been incredibly grateful that I was born here. Um, and, and that I had freedom just because, um, you know, it's such a rare thing. You know, if you think about the history of people in, in the world, um, we are just a sliver. I mean, it's gotta be less than 1% of people that have actually lived in a free country and that have been able to have the freedom of religion and freedom of speech and right to bear arms and protect themselves and run their family and, and their lives like they want. And it's just a special thing. And, and we're, we're the last beacon of freedom on, on the earth. And, and it's just something that we should all stand up for and fight for. Um, and I don't, I don't know how, really how it got there, but it's been there since I was young. Well, and you and I haven't had a chance to talk about what I'm about to ask specifically before this interview, but I'm assuming, you know, I'm, I'm inferring a lot from, from what I know about you and from the, some stuff that I've read that your personal faith has a lot to do about this as well, because I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, God has specifically ordained America to be anything specific. I mean, the Roman, uh, you know, that the Romans, that was a 1500 year reign, right? So we're not even 300 years into this American experiment type of a thing. But I do think this is a unique place where we're using Judeo-Christian principles to kind of undergird how we operate as a society. So for you, describe your personal faith and how that kind of maybe affects some of the things that you're doing. Yeah, I was saved about three and a half years ago. So I, I was, um, I grew up in a home that, you know, we went to church on Sundays, but didn't really talk too much about, about God or faith. And, and so the second I left, I was just of the world lost. And, and, um, uh, but Lord saved me, um, three, three years ago and, and, and I got married and my life has sort of just had a radical change since then where, um, got a wife and kid now and part of an amazing church and, and just growing, growing, you know, to be hopefully more like Christ. And, and, um, and so once you, once you get exposed to truth and you know, the gospel, I mean, it changes everything as you know, Kyle. And, and, you know, I think, I think that you, you see things different and you have a deeper under deeper appreciation for truth and knowing, knowing, um, knowing truth. And so, so as far as like the, how brave was started, um, it's, I'm like freshly saved. Um, I, then I have get married, have a kid and my, within like two weeks of my daughter being born, um, Netflix comes out with the film cuties, which sexualizes young girls, right. anti-racist babies, the number one book on Amazon. And, um, Nancy Drew came out with a trans character. And so I just saw this attack on our kids and it's attack on truth. And just, this is like, this confusion and demoralization that was, that was, um, going after our kids. And, and, um, so ever since then, you know, I was a practicing ophthalmologist at the time, but I just felt like there needed to be, there needed to be something that pushed back against this. And, and, um, so that, that was how, how brave got started. Well, it's one thing to lament that these things are happening, which I've seen a lot of guys do. They lament that, you know, things are going on with their school board or that their kid comes home with this crazy homework assignment or something like that. But there's not as much pushback that's coordinated, I guess. And so that's why you started Brave Books, uh, which is going to be the center point of our entire conversation today. But, but why try to remind families and teach children about the greatness of American values and just teach them kind of basic Judeo-Christian values using books to begin with? Because some people are like, all right, I'm going to launch a podcast or oh, I'm going to you know, try to do a YouTube channel. Like why do it through children's books? 
Well, you think about what's being pushed on our kids, you know, this woke agenda. Well, these are topics like gender identity, like cancel culture and CRT and all these things. So these are complex topics to have a conversation with a kid about, you know, so, you know, you, you've got kids, you know, like think about ha talking to your kid, talking to your seven year old kid about second amendment or CRT, you know, it's like, it's hard, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it can be hard for adults to really wrap their heads around if you're just talking about concepts and words. So it's been well established that kids learn these complex topics as through story and story allows them a framework to, to understand um, and, and, and to, to think through things. And so the way we've designed our books is, is we, we capture their imagination with this fun universe that we've built, fun stories, um, awesome cast of characters. And, and that's how we capture their, their imagination. And then we have the back of the book, we have these brave challenges, which have games and discussion questions that allow the parent, that guide the parents and to use that sto that story as a framework to, to dig into these topics and get it, get the point across to where kids can not only understand it, but also articulate these topics. And so like we get emails all the time about, Hey, my, like, I got a funny story for y'all. Like my, my seven-year-old, we dropped, we picked him up from school today and, and the teacher said that he, he was teaching the class on the importance of the second amendment, <laughs> you know, like, so, and, and, you know, like most of the time when you read a story book to their kid, the, the lesson sort of goes over their head because they right. sort of get lost in the entertain in the entertainment of the story. So we couldn't the way we viewed it early on when we were sort of envisioning Brave is we can't just have a story because the topic will go over their heads, but we can't just have like a workbook or something like that where you know it's just the lesson because that's just not going to grab the kids. So you had to combine them in a unique way to really help parents drive home the story. And, and so that's what we came up with and it's worked. Well, so uh, the cool thing about it, and again, guys, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I'm holding up this gorgeous like treasure chest box that you guys sent us. It's got all the books in there. Like it's unique, I guess, to me because, you know, I have a one and a half year old and I've got another baby on the, on the way to, to see an organization that's created an entire universe as opposed to just standalone books. So I am kind of curious why go through the process of creating this entire backstory. And here in a second, we're going to get into each of the individual books that kind of like set the stage for the different sagas or all that. So why do these sagas that are like eight or nine or 10 stories, you know, within this universe, why not just do standalone books that, you know, attach to these big topics that you want to cover? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of topics that parents need to, have conversations with their kids about, you know, like we're, we're just scratching the surface, you know, so far we've done gender identity, sanctity of life, dangers of communism, cancel culture, CRT, second amendment, truth. We're doing freedom. We're doing, you know, there's just way more than you originally think. And, and so if we just did like nobody, and it's important that parents have conversations with all these, with on all these topics, because what keeps people together and what keeps families together shared values in my opinion and and you know you can't and, and and so there's a lot of different topics to cover a lot of um opportunities for parents to get across to communicate to their kids what they believe and why and so so but by selling one-offs you know people may buy a couple but we wanted to we wanted to build something that 
would be with families from the age of like five to 18 from the, from whenever they leave. And so our plan is to start off with picture books for the younger kids and to create a universe in a subscription model where they get one book a month and each book can stand, can stand alone and teaches a lesson, but also inches the overarching narrative a little bit further to where, to where kids fall in love with the universe. They fall in love with the characters. They want to see what happens. And, and, and so then the, once we have their their imagination and their heart, then they are craving the next book, and it really allows the parents to de- to to deliver all these important lessons. And so, so it's important for us to build the universe, build the overarching narrative, build the characters, so it allows us the the um, the opportunity to to get a bunch of these lessons in. I think that's great. And uh, I want to go ahead. I've just been kind of teasing it up this entire time. You know, I, I love the fact that it's got a subscription model. I love that you're not doing standalone books. I love that you have the stuff that the parents can do. Like when I was reading through the books myself, it's like, oh, this is like stuff that you do with your kid. These activities are all great. But I want to get into the first saga, which is the origins. So that's an origin story. We're going to go through each one of these. We're going to do it very briefly, guys. You're going to have to check out the books for yourself so that your kids can enjoy them as well. But book zero, is a book that you're just releasing as of the release of this podcast. It's out now. It's called The Fight for Freedom Island. And so this is about freedom. And this is the one that you wrote because uh, kind of how you normally do it, and we'll, we'll go through it here in a second, is you kind of team up with uh, someone that's kind of in the conservative scene and you kind of co-write this thing. But this is the origin story of the origin saga, right? Like that's essentially what this is. It's focused on freedom, but it's really the, the focus on the fight between good and evil. Okay, so why was it so important for you specifically to write this, but also to write it talking about freedom? Why start there? Well, you know, you, you have to have your your pillar foundational value. And we, after talking about it, we think freedom is the foundational value that makes America what it is. And we wanted to start with book zero with that being the focus. And... Um, and you know we just want to get the lesson across to kids that freedom is special, and it's what makes Freedom Island and America what they are. And sometimes it's worth fighting for. And it's also very topical today. Obviously, we're, our freedoms under attack um, everywhere we turn, whether it's vaccine mandates, um, whatever it is. Um, it's just it's it's something that's under attack, and and you know America is that last beacon of freedom. I, I hate to repeat myself, but but um, that's that's w- what we are. And man, we just have to fight for it. I absolutely agree that we have to fight for it. I think these books do a wonderful job. If you're wondering why it sounded like I was away from the mic, it's because I was opening the box so I could actually pull the books out so that we can see them. Because I want to go ahead and get into the books here. So book number one is this. It's Elephants Are Not Birds. And this is uh, one that you teamed up with Ashley St. Clair on. And this one goes into gender identity. So this is a story about a vulture named Culture, which I thought was super cute and awesome. Uh, But they're trying to convince this young elephant named Kevin that he's actually a bird. And so you get it right from the beginning, what this is going to be about, especially if you're a conservative parent, you've been worrying about this, but man, right from book one. So you, you set the stage, sets the foundation with book zero, talking about freedom. You go right into gender identity. You go yeah. right at the LGBTQ plus blah, blah, blah types of things. Why go there? Why, why go straight for the jugular from the beginning? Well, you know, truth is what we need to, what we need to stand on. And the, the whole transgender movement um, it's an attack on truth and it's attack on God's creation. And, um, and, you know, kids are getting taught that, um, more than ever. And it's just, it's just getting 
more and more extreme. It seems like every single week, you know, there's something new coming out and, you know, we, we, we wanted to go straight at it and sort of show like what we're about, what we stand for and just get, get all, everything out, out in the open. Like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. And, um, to us, it was, it was sort of a no brainer to start there. Yeah, it's a great place to start, especially because you talked about it earlier. It's hard to get these lessons through the head of a child because it's like, man, their brains are not nearly as developed as they need to be, but you need to kind of give them the the foundations and the words to use to kind of describe that. So that's great, a great place to start with that book. And then we get into book two, and it's this one here, Little Lives Matter. And this is a one one that you teamed up with Elizabeth Johnston. And this is about the sanctity of life. Okay, so this is a story of a mother bear and her cub, Moby. And Moby was born with one arm. And so Culture the Vulture, you know, makes another appearance and the story kind of tackles the sanctity of life because culture of the vulture is like hey wouldn't life be better uh, if you didn't have this this uh, kiddo this baby cab that's you know maybe gonna have some issues because it only has one arm and so this book addresses abortion and euthanasia right again this is a book maybe you can give us an idea of the the typical age range that you would want to give to something like this but i guess help me understand how how you can talk about abortion and euthanasia to a certain segmented age group. That seems like a really hard task. Yeah. You know, so we don't, we don't get into, we don't get into abortion in the story. You know, it's, it's the right. uh, Moby's already born. Not, not in name. Yeah, certainly. exactly. Exactly. And, and so what, what we, what we do is we, we create a story that allows um, that, that, that gives parents a framework and then the, you know, to, to, to have a discussion about the importance of life. And then in the, in the brave challenge, you know, we have questions that, that allow the parents to sort of decide, you know, to, to have the conversation where their kids are at, you know? So if you've got one kid that's four, you know, maybe, maybe you approach it in a whole different way. You you just talk about, you know, isn't isn't it important that, that babies are allowed to live and grow and all that, you know, but if you have some, a kid that's 11, maybe it is, Maybe it's time to t- go ahead and talk about abortion. So, so anyway, we, we don't we don't make it obvious on the story. Um, we just we we create that that temp that that foundation that then the parents can take over with the help of our great challenge. Yep. Yeah, that would have been a better way for me to kind of tee that up because again, you're not saying gender identity and elephants are not birds, but you're right. introducing the thing to where it's like if you're an elephant, you're an elephant. That's a great thing, and there's so many things that you can do as an elephant that you can't do as a bird. But that's why birds are so awesome because they get to be birds, right? So the same thing with Little Lives Matter. You're just kind of introducing the idea that the sanctity of human life is important, and then we get into book three, and so this is the island of free ice cream thought this one was hilarious. So this one gets into the dangers of communism. And no, it doesn't ever use the word communism. That's one uh, that you did with Jack Posobiec, I guess is yeah. how you would say his last name. But yeah. this one is where you introduce uh, Asher the Fox. He's a successful business owner in the market and everything's going well until these wolves from Utopia Island come in offering free ice cream to the citizens. And they're like, oh yeah, free ice cream. This is great. I thought it was a great way to introduce the the ideas of communism without actually saying communism. But again, with a book like this, talking about the ideas of communism, what do you do? How do you make that palatable to a younger age group? Like, what are some of the things that you try to make sure you do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, I think that our story really nails it. You know, it gets the point across that, um, that there is no such thing as free ice cream. There's no such thing as a free deal, you know, and, and things that sound too good to be true are too good to be true. And so we, 
we we created that you know that story in a way where you know early on in the story the kids are probably like oh yeah they should definitely put the wolves wolves in charge that sounds great you know, free ice cream and they're sort of like going along with all the other animals but then you know we 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 make it to where obviously that's not a good decision and then and then we we sort of symbolize, you know, with Utopia. Utopia is an island just off the coast of Freedom Island. It sort of symbolizes those failed communist states like Cuba, Venezuela, and, and you know, show we we show you know what typically happens in, in those communist regimes, uh, but obviously in a fun way. Absolutely. I think you guys did a masterful job. And then we get into book four. This one is called Fame, Blame, and the Raft of Shame. And this one is the one that you did with uh, podcast alum Dan Crenshaw. And this one goes into cancel culture. And so obviously he has uh, had several run-ins with cancel culture. So he was a good guy to kind of partner with on this. But it's a story about individuals that were cast out on the raft of shame if they told jokes or had accidents that offended people. And here's the thing. Part of the thing when I look back on my childhood, Trent, is there were a lot of times where I offended people and I was offended. Right. But I grew up in a very diverse town and a diverse school. And, you know, it was one of those things that it wasn't that big of a deal, but I feel like now, especially in this, this era where everybody is given plaudits, if they're a victim, it's even more important now for people to understand that just because somebody disagrees with you and says it in a way you don't like, doesn't mean you get to cancel them. Why do you think that's such an important message for kids? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's as a, as a country, it's how we improve. It's as any any part of whether it's an organization, a school, group of friends, you have to be able to speak freely, and you have to be able to share ideas, share thoughts, and and make mistakes. You know, like we're all going to make mistakes. And so, when this you know this country was founded on Christian values, and one of the core Christian values is is grace, and um, we have to have grace because we're flawed people. And we're going to make mistakes. And so if we create a culture that has no forgiveness and has no grace, it will be a miserable place to live. Nobody will say what they think and we'll just be living in fear. And that's a terrible place to a terrible way to live. It's a terrible way to structure society. It cancel cultures, in my opinion, you know, probably the biggest threat on to, to Western civilization. Well, and the thing, Trent, is if you never share your ideas out loud with people, you never get to have your ideas challenged. So people internalize, so they don't want to be the bold person that goes out there and, you know, basically it tries to attract the slings and arrows. You're just going to internalize all that. And that's one of the worst things you can do about your worldview. So as a Christian, I constantly want my Christian worldview to be challenged because I want to make sure that the foundation is solid. Like if you're a conservative, if you're a whatever, whatever your worldview is, you shouldn't be scared of people challenging it. That's why I think that's a big difference between people that align with the political right versus the political left. Now we're getting into book number five. This one is my personal favorite. Okay. So this is more than spots and stripes. This goes into critical race theory, which I'm just going to tell you seems impossible. Whenever I saw that this book was in there, I'm like, Oh, they're going to tackle critical race theory with cheetahs. How's that going to work? It's a drama (laughs) between spotted cheetahs and striped cheetahs. But I just got to tell you guys, and I'm not blowing smoke. I think you guys did a masterful job. This is one that y'all did with the Hodge twins and y'all did as a team, a masterful job of explaining the elements of critical race theory through a kid's story. Because I got to tell you, even when I talk to adults, I sometimes have trouble explaining what critical race theory is. You know, a couple of years back during the George Floyd stuff, I released like a three part series, like almost four hours of content trying to talk about that situation and talk about critical theory and how we get to critical race theory. And even then, you know, people were like, ah, this is still so hard to understand. Like, take me through the process of this book writing specifically, because they were all good, but for whatever reason, this one just stood out for me. That's awesome. Um, 
So, well, to give you a background on how we work with, with influencers. So it, it's a collaboration. Um, we, we obviously are writing these stories in, in our universe with our characters. So we're heavily involved, but, but these, you know, these guys take our, our, our authors take topics that they're super passionate about and they work with us to make sure that we're nailing the message. So for the Hodge twins, for example, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that we were teaching that we were calling out CRT, but that we were, we were teaching the, the philosophies that MLK believed and, you know, which is, which is, you know, that, that we should all be judged by the content of our character and not the color of our skin. And so, so they helped us really nail, nail, nail what CRT is and the antidote to CRT, which is MLK's teachings. And, and so that's, that's really how we started. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm like you, you know, the CRT and critical theory and all this stuff, it gets confusing to me. So, you know, we started off by researching what, what is this stuff and, and what, what's at, at CRT, what's like at its core. And then, and, and then we started there and then we work on a storyboard and sort of just, it comes together. We, we've just got this amazing team of creative people and, and um, they work really hard to make sure we make sure, you know, the stories are, fun and ca capture their attention and you know from an entertainment perspective for kids they um it, it's enough to keep their attention and have them fall in love with it but also at the same time really make sure we nail nail the lesson yeah it's certainly a challenge but the, the cool thing about this as well is if you're a mom or a dad and you're going before the school board because you want to talk about why critical race theory shouldn't be taught in their kid's classroom and the kid finds out about that, they're going to be like, critical race theory, what is that? And then it's going to allow someone that describes it improperly to, to give them a, a simplified definition. So a lot of people are like, oh, people that are against critical race theory, it's a dog whistle because uh, they don't want the real history of slavery to be taught, which nobody that wants critical race theory not taught in schools believes that. Like all of them are like, yeah, teach about slavery, teach about the things that happen between the native American tribes and each other. And also the United States government teach all that. We're not trying to hide that, but put it in its right context. So I think that book is a great starting point for a lot of those conversations, but we'll keep this train going. We got book six. This is pause off my cannon. Uh, this is with Dana Lash. And so this is about the right to bear arms. So I thought this was a kind of funny story because it's a story about a town, a town that kind of splits down the center because some of the people in the town want to be able to defend themselves with these coconut cannons, while others throughout, uh, they thought coconut cannons were too dangerous to even own. So they were just going to put up signs saying no coconut cannons. And there's these wolves that come in and try to like do some stuff in the town. So it's a really cute story. But the right to bear arms, I know that there are a lot of families, especially a lot of families that I know that from a very, very early age, they are Second Amendment people and they teach their kids how to be responsible gun owners, how to deal with a gun, you know, how to always treat it like it's loaded, to never point it at anybody. They're constantly drilling gun safety. But then there's a large segment, if we're being honest, Trent, a large segment of the conservative Republican population in the United States that is pro-Second Amendment, but they don't do that stuff with their kids. Like maybe they don't shoot themselves. Like I grew up in a pro-Second Amendment family. I didn't shoot a gun until I was in college. Right. So it's kind of one of those weird deals. So do you feel like a book like this or maybe was the goal with you and Dana to, to really kind of make that a bigger deal for parents? Like, hey, let's get this conversation started earlier. Let's really kind of figure out this whole idea of being able to protect ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and, and we actually take took a portion of the Brave Challenge and dedicated that towards gun safety, where we talked about the importance of respecting firearms and making sure that making sure that, you know, you keep them locked away and, and they're treated with great respect. And so, so, um, that was, that was a crucial, crucial, um, 
aspect of, of why we did the book. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just important. It's important, you know, that, that these kids know, you know, uh, about the, about our foundational freedoms and our rights and why they're important, you know, before, before they hear from their teachers or social media, you know, that, that these rights are, that they don't make sense anymore. And, and, you know, because the, typically, you know, the first idea to get into somebody's head wins, you know, it's the first, first thing they hear and it makes sense and everything else is judged against that. So, you know, it's like, yes, um, second amendment may not be something that they hear a ton about, but still, you know, it's a foundational American value and it's something that we want to talk about, you know, at an early age so that they've, they've at least heard our, our, uh, perspective on it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And for me, obviously, like I've, I've mentioned, I have young, uh, one young son that's here and one that's uh, about to come out of the womb any day now or any week now. And we're, we're so excited to be able to teach them about those things so that they can honor a tradition so that we can even start a family tradition, but also just understand that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And the last book we're going to talk about is book seven. It's this one, Son of Truth. And this is one that you partnered with Graham Allen on. And so this is just a story about integrity and truth. And so it kind of even goes back to the origin story, but I, I feel like, you know, the main character in Son of Truth is going to be kind of a, a main character for the rest of the saga. So there's two more books after this. There's book eight, Because You're My Family, which focuses on the family. And then there's book nine, which is the saga finale, which really gets into teamwork. But why did Son of Truth show up this late? Because again, I, I might be reading something into this universe. I'm still trying to get used to this whole kids, you know, universe thing, sagas and all that. But, yeah. you know, why does the Son of Truth show up so late in this first saga? Um. I don't know. Some of these things, they just sort of, it, it happened like that. You know, we, um, books three through seven, some, so the Island of, of Free Ice Cream through Son of Truth, we were introducing members of Team Brave. And so, so Team Brave is, is gonna, so there's a spoiler alert for, for the finale, but Team Brave is going to be the, the, um, going to be the, the, main protagonists of our of our universe and they're going to be sort of the action heroes the avengers if you will of freedom island help protect freedom island against the villains um like people like culture vulture or blackheart we've got a lot of fun villains (laughs) that are going to be coming out um and so so it was just sort of the order that that came about um but but yeah that 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 son of truth I, I, that's my personal favorite. I love that book. I love, uh, um, we're also, um, setting up, you know, a, a, a really great character arc. You know, he's sort of our Luke Skywalker character. He's, he's right. He's an adopted son of, of Blackheart. Uh, well, he, he's a biological son of Blackheart, an adopted son of the legends of freedom Island. And, and it's just, a, it's, it's a lot of fun. What, what we have in store for Valor. Yeah. He is going to be one of, one of our, our main characters, him and Asher will probably be the two most popular characters we, we, we think. And, and so we, we plan on doing, doing a, a, a great big story arc for both of them. And, and it's just going to be a lot of fun over the next few years. I think so as well. And that's what I wanted to kind of get into now is like the future of Brave Books. And I know we, we can't always look to the future and be able to project things. You know, you're going to have something happen in the next three months. It's probably going to surprise you in terms of what's going on with Brave Books. But where do you want to expand? You mentioned earlier, you know, having stories, you're starting in picture books, but you want to kind of get more into the teen books and, you know, you know, on into maybe the, even the adult side of things, or at least pushing them through the end of high school. Do you want to do television? Are there movies in the offing? Like, is there going to be some sort of a digital component like this? Are you going to exist in the metaverse? You know, kind of give me an idea as to kind of what the future looks like. Yeah. So our, we're moving in, in three, 
three new directions, and they are to create a biblical worldview curriculum to go along with each book because we we anticipate that this will be a big hit in the homeschool community. And also for parents that have their kids go to public school, you know, we want we want to give we want to arm parents with a little bit of curriculum to, so they can teach a worldview that may be against what they're hearing at school or to help, help their kids discern. So so um, homeschool curriculum. Worldview curriculum, that's a part of it, um, of our vision. Next is, is getting into middle grade and young adult novels. And, and that, that, so, so, you know, we, we, we want, we want kids to start to be exposed to Brave with the picture books at age like four or five, and then just have it be part of their lives for the next, for the next 13, you know, 20, 20 years where, where we have some, something for everybody. And, and so, so, you know, young adult, you know, the Harry Potter style novels is a huge part of that. And, and we have a great idea of what, where we want to go there. It's really fun. Um, and so we hope, we hope to have our first novel done by, um, you know, spring of 2023. Um, we're, we're starting, we're starting to storyboard it out and all that. Um, and then the last thing is TV for sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of families that still read, but there's a lot of others that don't really read too much anymore, but we'll watch a lot of TV and, you know, and we want, we want to be a brand for, for everybody, you know, and, and we see TV as a, as a great way to really help this universe and these characters come to life. You know, you have 32 pages, um, and 700 words. It's hard to really have the characters come to life, you know, like Asher, you know, we've, we've written a, um, a pilot script for the TV show and the, the, the difference in like what you get from a picture book of Asher versus the, 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 the character and the personality that comes out in, in a TV show is just, it's, it's worlds different. And so, so that's definitely in our future for sure. Well, that is very exciting to see all that. And you mentioned this is kind of a subscription service. So what, what's the best way for somebody that's interested in seeing all this for them to get involved with what you're doing? Yeah, go to bravebooks.com um, and you can get the treasure box and then subscribe on top of that. That's probably the, the best way to get caught up immediately. Um, yeah, that's that's what I would do. Okay, excellent. Guys, that'll be in the show notes. But Trent, before we let you go, I like to do a segment towards the end of my interviews. It's called, What Would You Say to Someone That Said? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, what would you say to someone that said, and then I'm going to fill in the blank, right? But you only have 30 seconds maximum to respond okay. to whatever it is that I ask you about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you up for it? Let's do it. Okay. Let's get into it. Here's the first one. What would you say to someone that said, it's impossible for children to understand complicated topics like CRT and communism? Well, it's not true. Um, start with with a story that really grabs their attention, grabs their imagination, and gives you a framework to talk to your kids about these topics. And then, and then, you, you know, your intuition will will take it from there. As as a parent, you know, you, you'll be able to talk to your kids as long as you have that story to work off of. All right, next one here. What would you say to someone that said, "I don't want my kids to like reading books. I don't want them to end up being nerds." <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, you know, if you want your kids to earn a living, you know, they need to be able to read, they need to be able to think and, and reading and stories, they, they are, they're so crucial to developing, you know, to developing our brains. You know, that's, that's what, that's, that's, that's so, so, so critical to brain development. So, yeah. I agree, but I can hear the idiots in the background. So what about this? All right. Next one here. What would you say to someone that said, why won't brave books co-write a book with a liberal influencer? 
we probably would. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's there's some topics that that you know that liberals and conservatives that agree with that kids need to hear. Um, so so we would now. Is there a liberal that would write a book with brave books? That's a whole other conversation. But but we've actually got some influencers um, lined up for 2022 that are not your typical conservatives and that are more sort of center mainstream. We've got um, anyway. We've got some exciting. I can't. I can't. I want to. I was about to say, yeah, go ahead. You can keep going. But hey, we got to stay to the strictures of the game. It's 30 seconds maximum. Sorry, you can't go into that. So what would you say to someone that said, conservatives need to stop trying to fight the culture war. The war has already been lost. No way. You know, we are, we've got truth on our side. And and I don't know if you can feel it, but I can feel it. And we are we're the cool, we're, we're the cool way of thinking, way of acting. We're, we're pro, you know, we're pro, um, conversation and we're the counterculture. And so we're, we're going to win. Um, but you know, brave books is probably going to have to be a part of that because, because it starts young, you know? And so, so anyway. Absolutely. All right. Next one here. What would you say to someone that said conservatives trying to force their values down the throats of their children is manipulation and thus inappropriate? Um, no, it's our as parents, it's our duty to teach our children, to teach our children truth, and and um, to teach our children what we believe and why. And so, it's not manipulation; it's our duty as parents. They were given to us by as a gift from God for us to steward and to grow and to foster. And no, um, it's a critical part of our job as parents. All right, just a few more left here, Trent. What would you say to someone that said you can have morality without God? Uh, I don't, I personally don't see it. I'm not a philosopher, so, you know, um, probably won't give you the best answer, but, but no, I, it's hard for me to see how that would work if you don't, if you're not thinking of, of who made this world and, and why. All right. Here's the next one. What would you say to someone that said, I don't have time to read to or with my children? Make time because, um, if you take a passive approach to parenting in this day and age, you know, 30 years ago, you could have got away from it. Nowadays, if you take a passive approach to parenting, your kids will be raised and indoctrinated by culture and they'll probably grow up to hate, um, their country, to hate their parents and to hate themselves. And that's not what we want. Certainly don't want that. All right. Last question of the day. What would you say to someone that said brave books are just as much for parents as they are for children? Well, parents love them. So our emails would sort of back that up. Um, I, I mean, they're for families, you know, they're meant to bring families together and to create that family time where there's discussion and learning and teaching and sharing of values. So they are, they are for parents. They are for children. They're for families. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much for all the time that you've given us today. Thank you for all the detail, getting into the stuff with Brave Books, but that's all for me. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No, man, just really appreciate you having me on and, and let me talk to your, to your listeners. Um, yeah, I, I highly encourage you, your listeners to, to give us a shot. You won't regret it. Um, bravebooks.com, go and subscribe. And, and yeah, appreciate you having me on, Kyle. All right, we will have all that in the show notes, guys. Trent Talbot, thank you for coming on on Daunted Life, a man's podcast. Thanks, Kyle.
There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Trent Talbot. But before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So today, I just got the link to the Brave Books website. So you can go there, sign up, subscribe, so that you can check out their books and their resources for kids. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We do appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want to come speak live on your podcast or at your event, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook and you can check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And we want to also thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is our song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album Leveler. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, Keep pushing back darkness. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah. <laughs>